Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I am alongside comedian Pratik Srivastava. What's going on, everybody? Happy Rumble season. Happy January. I know January can be kind of, you know, a lag for some people, but hey, it's Rumble season. We're, we're on the road to WrestleMania. If I had a physical WrestleMania sign, I would point to it right now. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> happy to it be here. Good. It is a good time to be a wrestling fan. And also we're joined by, for the band leveled, Xavier Vacuna. Hello, world. Happy Rumble season. Buckle up. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Get your booze. Get your food ready to grill. Get your parties ready because it's time to rock and roll. It's time to rumble. Yeah, rock and roll. Let's go. Not rock Let's and roll. Go. Time to rumble. <laughs> it's always time to rock and roll. But yeah. That's true. That's true. That's good save. Point. Thanks, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The Royal Rumble's coming up, you guys. And so, uh, you know, let's get together to talk about some of our favorite non Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble matches. I like that phrase non Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, <laughs> Rumble matches. matches. That's I mean, the I think, name of the episode. Yeah, we have. Oh, that's 100%. <laughs> if that's not the name. Yeah, that's not Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble matches. I think I think Xavier, you were mentioning this. Maybe I think I might have heard this off camera or whatever. But like, yeah, there's a lot of like you look at the Royal Rumble. Yes, the Rumble match is great and it is very exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, even if you're not like you know the biggest fan of an angle or something, like the Rumble is great because angles are imploding on each other, feuds are imploding on each other. Everybody's just, it's a free for all, men, women, whatever. But what gets lost is the pay-per-view itself, the card, there are a lot of great matches that have nothing to do with the Rumble match that just get lost in the ether, you know, and there's some real great gems. Uh, some, there have been feuds that have ended and culminated, not at WrestleMania, but at the Rumble. It's wild. So, yeah, I just, I feel like we have to, you know, I, everybody touches on, you know, some of the big Rumble highlights and all, but there's there's so many underrated gems over the years of the Royal Rumble that we, ha- we, have, to, we have to talk about. We got to put them out there. We got to give them their flowers. We got to give them their due. Yes. Hell yeah, I definitely agree with that. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm trying, I'm trying to look something up here. Uh, but that, yeah, absolutely. You're excited. You're excited about I the reset. Excited. I get it. No, yeah. I am excited. I Stay really am. Yeah. Funky. Hell yeah. Um, funk, funk. I, I do feel like though, you know, Xavier said either like Easter eggs. You know, I do almost feel like that in a way. Where like yeah, you think fondly, you know, you think about the the two thousand, you know, six Royal Rumble or whatever, but you don't think about the matches that that happened that night usually, you know. So I do think it's a fun little uh, way to talk about the Rumble without actually talking about the Rumble itself. <laughs> yeah, and also some of those matches intersect into the actual Rumble. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Yes, sir. Like in nineteen ninety four. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Let's get let's get into some of these matches here. Um, so the first match that I want to bring up is uh, actually the match was. Uh, is this the one? Yeah. So in two thousand three, Chris Benoit had a match against Kurt Angle. Oof. Yes. And those two guys, when they got together, it was always like a work of art. It was always beautiful. Oh, Where was man. this two thousand? This was two thousand three Royal Rumble. Where was this at? I got to find out. I have it up my. Window. No, I think it was. It was a championship match. I believe it was two thousand three. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where it was. It was in Boston. Oh, okay, yeah, in Boston. So, 
was this the match? So I saw a Kurt Angle match. Kurt Angle had a match against Chris Mulano Royal Rumble. I'm pretty sure it was 2003. And uh, the night before the show, the pay-per-view, there was a house show in San Jose. And it was just a house show. That's why I'm like, it was in Boston. That's kind of weird that they went all the way across the country the next day. That's um, wild. It could have been a different year then. I'm not different sure. Different roster too, maybe. My Who friend knows? and I, we ended up... Uh, but isn't that no, weird? Like that's... They're, they're both rosters are going to show up. So some... some And you know what? Vince does the... Tra- like there's a lot of traveling snafus. Like I could see a roster having to go all the way from... All the way across the... Uh, no, but... You so, got to show up, pal. Why are you missing those lights? So the San Jose Arena is set up for hockey, right? So there's a hockey rink essentially... And then there's seats on the floor or whatever. So we were first row, like it was a hockey game, right? So we were in the first row if it was a hockey game. Yeah. And Angle and Benoit had a match that night. And it was <laughs> incredible. It was like we, we were so close to it. And it was just this, this the best match that we saw live of our lives, my friend and I. And it was just it's so incredible. And the next day we got to like watch them do that again on the Rumble. It was like they practiced. It was almost like an open mic, you know, for the, for the big showcase. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how it felt. Like, you know, we got to see him practice that this match. And they go out and they just perfected it. And it was just, it was crazy. And my friend and I both agree um, that the house show match was better than the Rumble match. But I, I believe it. A shout out to that because that was a great moment in my life. And that was a Royal Rumble match. Yeah, some of those people, you know, I, I encourage wrestling fans out there. A lot of people are like, oh, why do I need to see a house show? Nothing cool happens. I encourage everybody to go to a house show because, you know, there there's less time constraints on the house show. There's less pressure about TV and can- camera angles. You can really see some organic wrestling and, you know, see these feuds really develop on house shows. I really encourage everybody to go to house shows. You know, you'll you'll see some magic there. You, you, you never know. Um, yeah, and again, like with both – Benoit Angle, like they literally could have the same match like forty different times, and it wouldn't feel like the same match. They're they're technicians, they're magicians. They can pick up on the psychology of a match, read the crowd, pivot. You know, they're not. And I don't want to knock. You know, you've heard the stories of DDP taking like a sheet of like moves to like Undertaker, and he famously crumpled it up and threw in the traffic. They don't yeah. Benoit and Angle. They don't look like write them out, write out those moves type guys there they just know they're feeling the crowd they're reading the room they're figuring the energy out and it's it's and both of them you know what what is that phrase both of them could be in the match they could both be in a match with a broom and they'll make it a five-star match like they just they know how to work anybody let alone themselves you know the fact that you yeah. saw them the night before in the same type of match and it's still like both matches felt different enough like yeah they really did it was, it was incredible. Yeah. it was super fun um i went back and re-watched the the pay-per-view match and it was just oh my god like classic just like from top to bottom started great didn't you know and again a big factor for me and i'm sure we all feel this way is just like matches like you know especially nowadays matches drag you're like oh they could have cut they could have gone home early never felt that way in this match like i felt like they could have gone another 20 minutes you know match clocks in according to wikipedia the match clocks in on the rumble pay-per-view at at 1949 they could have gone another 20 minutes that match. wow definitely go back and watch yeah i encourage everybody yeah, that was definitely a, a great match and one of their, you know, probably one of their best together. I remember, you know, Benoit lost but got a standing ovation after. Mm-hmm. And it was oh, just yeah. insane, you know, and what a turning point, you know, for both of them. And it's funny how you mentioned like a, a Benoit angle match, no matter how you cut it, no matter what gimmick you throw in there, it's going to be a Kurt Angle-Benoit match. It's like listen, listening to a record 
you know, one of your favorite bands and it's just that record and you know what you're going to get when you, you know, you, you put it on and I can almost equate it to like, let's say the elite versus um, death triangle, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to have seven matches and maybe they're going to be doing some of the same, you know, some of the same work and some of the, some of the same spots and you, but you want to see it, you're going to see it and it's going to be perfect. Most of the time, you know, shit happens, but it happens, you know, you know what you're going to get, you know what I mean? It's like, you're, you're, it's, you're excited. There's a familiarity to it, but it's not stagnant familiarity. You're excited. Those moments that you want in the match, you're going to get them. And sometimes they mix it up and they make them unique. You know, they find a way to keep them fresh, you know? You know, you hear just like with stand up, you know, I'm sure you know this with music too. Like you're performing, you don't want it to feel like, oh, you're doing this in the same way from the night before. No, you want to keep it organic. You want to keep it fresh. Cause for you as well as the performer, whether wrestling, musician, comedy, whatever, there is that feeling. You know, I'd certainly feel it that I could go into autopilot if I do it the same way every time. So you want to keep those jokes different. You want to keep those moves. You want to keep those punches, whether it's a punch, kink, joke, music, song, whatever trying to when you're going out and doing it every night you're touring and you're on the road and you're tired and you're traveling and you're trying to get to one place to another and your southwest credit card didn't work or whatever and you're trying to figure it all out you want to keep it fresh and so again these two they've been i remember i've been seeing them battle for years i still remember their their mania x7 match and yes i call it mania x7 not mania 17 <laughs> that's a we could go down that rabbit hole forever that's actually what it's called though so that's fine yeah. Oh, but you go to England, they're like, it's 17. I'm like, no, sorry. It's no. not 17. Also, I WrestleMania can't... 16 is not WrestleMania 16. It's WrestleMania 2000. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh point I'm trying to make is these guys have been, you know, wrestling for a while. In fact, they, they've kind of been wrestling like house shows undercard for years. And you got to see them on the come up. First, it was for the IC title. First, it was for the European title. Then it was a submission match. That was the last man standing match. Now it's for the big championship, WWE championship. So to see them on that come up, you know, some guys kind of, you know, you can kind of say, say the same thing with Triple H and The Rock. They start as Hunter Hearst and Maivia, and you, you see them feuding for years and years. And I think Benoit Angle, you know, they were perfect dance partners for each other, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. I'm not finding any existence of that house show match online, though. Nah. There's Maybe some website for house shows, I think, that you can look up. It's like house show. Oh, yeah, I just found one. Yeah. Let's see if it, if, if it exists here. Yeah, I was really curious. I still remember, like, I went on that website and I was looking up, like, because I remember, like, when Rock hosted SNL, which, by the way, that was his, really his first acting. Now he's, like, you know, for all the kids watching or listening, they're like, oh, Rock is an actor. He was a wrestler. What? But, like, that was a big thing for a wrestler to host SNL. And I remember they did a house show that. And my question is, I'm like, who was on that? How, what What was the main event when you had all four? Because you also had the Triple H and Mankind and Big Show at the Saturday Night Live taping. So I'm like, who's who's you know who's on the house show when you have all these big stars away so i went back and looked yeah, and the, that's true. That, the, i went back and looked they did a house show that night uh in albany new york and kane and xbox 10 headlined that night you know wow in singles competition singles in singles wow yeah. it might have been that's it might have been a no dq they might have given them a little bit of a you know hey you can go <laughs> and stink at each other but street that's fight great. action yeah that's good cool that. and again uh, Sean Waltman, you know, you hear the stories now, still underrated worker, you know, does business, you know, yes, he's had some struggles, but 
just great all around talent. You know, whether it was six, one, two, three kid, X Pac, he brought he brought he brought the heat every time. I always I always love watching him. And he was great with the fan. Like again, good character. The Bron- you got excited for that Bronco Buster. You knew what he was doing, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. great, great character. Great worker, great character, great worker. over with the crowd. Relatable in the locker room, you know, they they still talk about him, you know. And one of the one of the first, you know, kind of smaller dudes, you know, if you think about it. So yeah, definitely. shout out to the smaller dudes. You can do it. Yeah, go wrestle, man. Doesn't matter. Go wrestle. Go, go wrestle. wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> go wrestle. I like that. Go to go to wrestling school. I'm oh, sorry, I'm over here. Hey, you know, I'm going to interrupt this conversation for a second. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, you, you ask a trivia question on one episode, and then people got to tune into the next episode to find out the answer. So I was trying not to interrupt, you know, and I, I had this answer, and I didn't, you know, I wanted to say it, but I just remembered that I didn't say it. Do it. 1977, Dusty Rhodes beats. Uh, superstar Billy Grant by count out in Madison Square Garden for the wow. WWF wow. championship 1977. Uh, but it didn't count because it was a count out and it was a house show, right? It wasn't a superstar. They were all house shows back in those wow. days, I think, in 1977. Damn, yeah, yeah. But some of those like MSG events, they would like they were on like pay per view rather like live at MSG. I think they, yeah, they had I think they had like a live at MSG show or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know to tell you what it was, but yeah, I'm way beyond that at this point. I'm looking up other things now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Pratik, uh, you got the next match. Yeah, so uh, so we'll so speaking of MSG, this was uh, you know, Royal Rumble 2000. They were back at the Garden, b- a big year for them. You know, uh, you were on the road to WrestleMania 2000. You know, you had you had Rock and everybody coming up on the come up, and we had a. Uh, uh, we had a uh, McMahon Helmsley faction. We had the uh, wedding uh, of uh, of Triple H, and well, we had the wedding of Test and Stephanie that was interrupted by one Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, he basically, which I don't know if you can pull this story off today, but you know the Attitude Era was a different time where basically you could he he could he could drug Stephanie, marry her in Vegas, and they became a couple, a power couple, if you will. And I, I, and you had also at the time you had Stone Cold Steve Austin away on back surgery. So you had the top face, the one everybody loved taken off TV. So who stepped up in a big way? Uh, Mama Foley's big baby boy, Mick Foley (laughs) coming into, coming into foray, uh, ditching the, in a famous promo segment that happened at SmackDown at, at, in Chicago, you had Mick Foley saying, uh, I cannot fight you. Uh, at Royal Rumble, but I have found a suitable replacement. And he famously, by the way, he's also wearing the Mankind shirt that he got bloody with on Raw. So one night he's getting bloodied with a sledgehammer. The next night he's wearing that same shirt with the blood still on it. Rips off the face mask, rips off the white shirt. He is now transformed into Cactus Jack, the hard, the real hardcore legend. He's ready to take on Hunter Hearst Hemley, Triple H, the game, you know, big king shit heel with the title in a street fight in Madison Square Garden. Uh, And just, you know, the build up to that was insane. Uh, And then the match itself happens, uh, which I believe, let me look it up. Uh, It's, uh, uh, I believe it was the right before was the, the, the final match on the undercard. 
let me look up the times on it. Uh, it was. It was, oh, a whopping 26 minutes, 55 seconds, y'all. Wow. Last match wow. on the undercard. Right before that the was the run. last match. Uh, oh, no, I guess it was the last match. He had one more, I think, the next month. Yeah, last match on the undercard. So then the, the, the Royal Rumble was right after that. The actual Rumble match was right after that. But a whopping 26 minutes, 55 seconds, uh, just nonstop from the get-go. You, you saw a little bit of everything, you know, every weapon used brawling you know um and then also famously in this match you had like the match like one and then uh cactus jack comes back from behind and they're literally getting stretchered away officials are all around you had uh you know you had cactus ripping triple h off the off the stretcher stephanie is doing her part heel valet just she she has perfected the art of the screech, by the way. Like shout out to uh, Stephanie McMahon, those heel screeches, those damsel in the stretch screeches. She's just like, no, I'm good. And he's just like, you know, Foley with one more, one more uh, you know, uh barbed wire shot. You know, really they had a they had a nice little war going, you know, the last few months. Cause you had you had you had I think it started at SummerSlam ninety-nine. That was one with uh, Jesse the Body. Uh, famously guest refereeing that match, but you had like Mankind, Triple H, they'd been fighting, they'd been going at Triple H was like, this is my time. I still remember, yeah. you know, the My Time theme song, and he'd just be like, this is mine, I'm grabbing this, this is mine. <laughs> and so it really culminated in January and February with those, with those, the one-two punch you had, you had the street fight at Royal Rumble, and that led into the Hell in a Cell at No Way Out, the, the famous uh, Hell in a Cell where Mick Foley got retired <laughs> But yeah, just a fantastic match. I remember both of them have talked about how it's definitely a benchmark in their career. The respect they got after that in the locker room. You had you had people backstage really cementing like, oh, Triple H can be a main eventer now. Like you had a lot of you know people looking at Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Like any any heat that he still had from the uh, uh, what was it the famous. Uh, um, uh, MSG. Oh, like, the curtain you know, call. The curtain, curtain call. call. In the Any same building you're had, talking about right now. Yes. <laughs> same building, by the way. So full circle in that regard, you know. Um, yeah. Any heat that he had, it was completely washed away. You know, every backstage like, okay, Triple H is the next big thing. You knew he was the next big heel. And for me at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this you know, because before it was like, oh, Undertaker Austin, that was the big heel matchup. But no, Triple H really stepped up uh, in his words. He, in his words, he said this, I believe, on Jericho's podcast, but uh, Paul Levesque, Triple H, said that, you know, I saw Rock and Austin, you know, becoming these faces, and like, you know what, we need a Darth Vader around here. And I think he really stepped up as, you know, with that heel scowl, with that heel snarl, all those promos, holding the title hostage. It, it was a great segment. To me, it cemented his run for the year. You know, it was great pay-per-view. Great way to kick off the year for, and a very profitable year for WWE, nonetheless, you know. Yeah, Correct. it was really, it was really incredible. I think uh, that's kind of like you know Mick Foley. Uh, we all love Mick Foley, you know, and so for Triple H yeah. to kind of become that Darth Vader against Mick Foley, I think that was really like uh, it really did it. I don't know, you know, it was really good. They were just the right place, the right time for both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Timing is a huge factor. Think about the time of wrestling. Think about what's going on, you know, in the industry. Uh, great work from both dudes just going all out insane spots lots of blood you know and they they're both getting their shit in and 
I, I really appreciate how they went all over the place. They used everything. They exactly. used the palettes. You know, they went all over. Stephanie bringing in that factor, uh, all the elements kind of culminating. And, you know, like Pratik said, building up to the No Way Out match at Hell in a Cell, which is great, great spots, great work. The top, you know, caving in, just fabulous work. They, these two had a lot of good chemistry, um, you know, and the storytelling was was wonderful. So definitely a good memory, good rumble, good time. Hell yeah. You know, Xavier, you've been talking about moments and how, you know, you watch a match and it takes you back. I still remember, like, I remember sitting in that, sitting in that, uh, you know, rumpus room, living room, watching the SmackDown promo, where it's like Triple H is saying to Mick Foley, like, "Your blood will stain New York City." Like, you remember those little, like, yeah, yeah, going back and forth. A lot of people, I just remember, like, a lot of people, like, you know, like to shit on, you know, Triple H. Oh, he he buried everybody, blah blah blah. But like, he could still deliver those classic game promos and the action. Uh. He knew how to make you want it. It's like, no, I want to see him get his ass kicked. Like, he knew how to deliver that. I just I hated I him. Yeah, you hated him. I hated him. He made it's me hate passive. him. Yeah. Sucked, sucked me right in. And I, I had this on VHS. And at the end, they show when they're, like, pulling all the wood out of his leg. Like, yes. Know, they were getting hurt, oh, yeah. man. Like, no joke, you know, getting stitches. And he was a mess. So that was, that and was I see the this. next night on raw too. Like they would show up with the bandages and like the, Oh I think yeah. A sling on, I think he has arm in a sling on raw the next night. It was, it was, yeah. It never ends. It was brutal. Yeah, beat to hell. Beat to hell. Also that was the, on the video case and correct me if I'm wrong, Xavier, I believe they are the cover stars on the video case for, for that, uh, Royal Rumble. It's not rock or the rumble match they are it was i they believe it was triple h and mick um, and cactus jack on, on the promo video might be right i'm gonna look it up just to was be it 2000 it was 2000 yeah you're right it's oh they it's do cactus. have rock and a uh, big show in the background but yes it's it's but they're, hi- they're the highlight you know they're the highlight yeah 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 yeah, yeah. big poster hell yeah I wonder how many bottles of Castrol GTX you had to buy to get that poster. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a little Yeah, right there. Free Stone Cold hat if you fucking. <laughs> if you buy... Mommy, can we get some Castrol GTX? <laughs> <laughs> buy 16. 16- thousand quarts and you get a free hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like one the level. Hat. That... <laughs> one hat. Oh, that is such a cool, like, yeah, I'm looking at the poster right now, too. Yeah, it's sick. Like, the Rumble is the background focal point, but, like, the main the main attraction is Triple H and Cactus. What a time. Yeah. What a time. What you got, Xavier? All right. I'm just making a split decision <laughs> you're i got two right now that i want to talk about it's hard it's right i'm like which one am i going to showcase there's so many incredible which... matches that we're not even going to talk about that's the that's the worst part about this but hey well, you know we pick from the hat it's the fun part um i'm just going to go for it we're already on a on a benoit kick man benoit jericho ic title yeah royal rumble because that's what I do want to talk about, and I definitely uh, have other ones to bring up too. So there you <laughs> go. But but hey, we're we're digging in, right? We're digging yeah, in. Yeah. Um, you know, just these two chemistry. I feel like the match was pretty short. It flew right by. Um, you know, the 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 walls of Jericho on the ladder, the headbutts, 
gosh, the baseball slides, the chair shots, like just incredible. Match. I know in retrospect, headbutts and chair shots. Oh, I know, dude. It's like, you know, but. Yeah, right. Uh, I got the timings up for that. They went, according to Wikipedia, they went 18 minutes, 43 seconds. Oh, that's not bad. That's, not, that's bad. not bad. That's not bad. I definitely had to rewatch this one. Um, it was great. Yeah, I rewatched it. Uh, I think either last year or something. Like I always, you know, go back and watch like select matches. Yeah, like that's that's one again. Ladder match. It's, you already had a Royal Rumble to add a stipulation match like this at the Rumble is great. And it went on. Uh, let's see, uh, a, a second match of the night in the according to Jericho in the dreaded second match. <laughs> out of the night. It's different though because it's not WrestleMania. It's different though. It's different. Yeah. It's not WrestleMania. Uh, it is a Royal Rumble. But again, they they stole the show with them. It was it was great. I remember like yeah, like being you're on the edge of your seat with that the whole time, absolutely the whole time. These two, yeah. these two just you know tore the house down. I remember. Here's some quick story time. Uh, the one and only time I ever met Chris Jericho, um, I was shit faced. He might have been too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is fine. Uh, I, I was at a Fozzie show by myself. None of my friends went. Double fisting. Uh, you know, going through a rough. <laughs> Going through a rough patch. I'm Ubering there, Ubering home. Uh, close the bar out across the street. It's like three in the morning. I'm walking outside and I see that Jericho by his tour bus with security talking to a lovely couple. They shake hands. They say bye. And I'm just locked in staring at Chris Jericho. And it was almost like you, you'd think it's like, you know, Michael Myers, like just in, 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 in. and he waves <laughs> me over. He points at me and he waves me over. And I'm just like, holy shit, like nice to meet you. Um, thank you for the ladder match with Benoit in 2001. It's one of my favorite matches. And he's like, mine too, bud. We took a picture, hugged, wow. and that was it. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Like, it was like this. But it was cool that I could I could say, hey, thanks for that match. You know, one of my favorites. And apparently one of his too. So definitely a highlight for me all around. And you That's think about, awesome. like, you know, Jericho and Benoit, like, they've been wrestling for like decades together, like decades. Hey, me from, like yeah. went back to like old New Japan, right? Like, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Lionheart. Yeah, they were. They did lots of tours. I think that's where a lot of their uh, their friendship kind of became, you know, cemented. Cemented. Yeah, the ninety four J Cup. I think the ninety four J Cup. Uh, they had a really good match. Yeah, I, I do want to go. I really want to go back. I've only watched a little bit, but I really want to go back and see like the old, you know, New Japan stuff with like Guerrero and Benoit and Jericho and Benoit. You know, I just want to go back and see that stuff. So it's no, they've been again. We talk about perfect dance partners for each other. You know, like yeah. Angle and Benoit, but like also Jericho and and, and Benoit too. Just Jericho and Angle. Yeah, Not Angle. Not another right. one. Yeah. When I think about, uh, I mean, the triple threat match you had at WrestleMania is incredible. But when I, I still, about, yeah, the, the the first falls for one title of second yeah, that was a great concept. And they all hated titles. it. And he lost. They all I know it's it. weird. Like Jericho said, he didn't like that. Um, Angle didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people involved didn't like it, but I thought it was a great concept. Fantastic. And you don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them do that type of stipulation again. No, I think that's right. the only time they ever did it. Everybody thought it was I cool would like to see it again. I think you could pull it off with like the U.S. Tony Khan, go do it. Go yeah. do it, Tony Khan. Yeah, when, I, uh, when I think of that Rumble match, though, I definitely think about uh, Benoit diving out between the ropes and Jericho just chair to the Bat. face. Ooh, oh, it was brutal. It looks so like brutal. So many it brutal spots. so incredible, though. But it was so brutal. Speaking speaking of hating matches, I think Angle had said that he hated the 2003 match until he watched it back. Like he he didn't he didn't get to like understand and grasp you know how good of a match it was. I think I don't know if Benoit felt the same, 
but I think Benoit went on record saying it was like a highlight of his career, like definitely one of the best ones. So, you know, and I'm sure we can relate it to comedy, music. Be like, man, that fucking set sucked. But everybody else was like, that was everybody fucking else incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, we're all our worst critics, but an incredible match. Oh, for sure. And you know what? Like the best wrestlers, best performers, whatever, comedy, music, whatever. Like we, we, all, we have to be a harsh critic to, you know, kind of be the best. And it's, yeah. but you're right. Sometimes we have to give in to, to fans. I've definitely, you know, I felt that way where I'm like, ah, that set was, that was maybe like, you know, C plus B minus, but like other people like that was hilarious. Uh, so like you, you have to give it up sometimes to, to your fan base. And yeah. And for angle, I just think like some of these guys and these wrestlers, like they're wrestling so much, they're going night after night, you know, they're doing things. They probably have forgotten more, then, then, you know, we appreciate them more than they will remember. And it's, yeah, and, right. so I think, yeah, it's great that with the network and all these things that you, they can go back and watch this stuff. And, you know, again, you know, notwithstanding what, you know, Benoit did, I do think it's, you know, great that we can still look back on his matches, you know, not, we're not condoning the behavior, but we can, we can appreciate what he did in the ring. He was one of the greatest of all time to lace up a wrestling boot. Yeah. Period. Really and I think it speaks for itself and it and it says, you know, it's it's well I'm glad we still I'm glad what I'm saying is I'm glad the matches are still on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you you I said agree. it best. All right. So uh I'm gonna go back even further. Nineteen ninety three. Uh Bret Hart defended his WWE championship WWE uh against Razor Ramon, newcomer Razor Ramon. Ooh. He'd only been around for like six months, I think, or something like that. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the greatest match in the world. It wasn't anything to, like, write home about. But, like, it was a time in my life where, like, it was, like, the end-all, be-all. And, like, I remember just going into that match, and I was so excited about it, you know. Like, Brazier Ramon was big, this big, scary guy, and Bret Hart was my guy, you know. And then the match ends, Bret Hart gets him with a sharpshooter, and he, and he defends the title, and it was just, it was great. It was a great, great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, see, it brings you back to that time, you know, and I think that's yeah. the beauty of wrestling. And Who's got that match? That actually... up? How, long, how long was it? <laughs> like how long? 12, like 12. Let me look minutes? it up. Uh, my guess 93, is 12. right? 93, yeah, my guess is 12. I'm on it. Seventeen fifty two. Oh, wow. Sorry, dude. I beat you to the punch. Seventeen fifty two. And they were in Sacramento. That's pretty oh, that was in Sacramento. The Arco Arena. There you go. West Coast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Arco Arena. Look at that. It wasn't at home, but uh it was really fun. Yeah, I remember that Arco Arena now that I think about it. That was good times. That's cool. Yeah, cool poster too for the show. Oh yeah, really cool old school poster. razor, old school Brett. You got the whole rumble, sick colorway. I love these old school posters, man. I think oh, Asian yeah. debuted in like October or November. This was in January. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah, we should we should do like a like a fire or poster for the for the podcast like in that rumble font with each all three. Oh, of them. That, yeah, uh, that'd be I sick. Was, I wish that was that good. <laughs> But yeah, that would be I, really cool. I got some friends. We'll make. Yeah, I was gonna call. say we can yeah. we can uh, we can outsource it out. You know, we'll make yeah. it happen. We'll make it maybe happen. the first shirt. Who's who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. we have some merch coming. Tune in. Yeah, that'd be dope. Long term storytelling. You got to listen to the yeah, next Dallas, episode. We'll give you yeah, an update. Like you know? Or maybe we won't. <laughs> maybe we won't. I tune in. Dun, dun, we never know what's gonna happen. Gotta be there. <laughs> Um, all, all right. right, I think I'm up, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it now. We're going to go a little bit further in time. We're going to go to a 9098, um, and we're going to do uh, the – which is actually – so funny enough, this this coming match I'm about to talk about was the main event of this year. It was not the Royal Rumble. They went – they decided to uh, have the uh, penultimate match be the Royal Rumble, which was won by uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, that young whippersnapper, you know, whatever happened. The up-and-comer. <laughs> the up-and-comer. Um, and by the way, he's on the poster of the of the Royal Rumble. It's him uh, with the back. That was a famous the screw with like the Hellraiser coming out. Dude, that like freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, like, oh, you're like, shit. what is? You know, like, <laughs> great poster. Again, I, I want to give the the flowers to the artists, to the graphics, to everybody. Graphics, everybody. Yeah, it was momentous you know like it just brings you back man that visual it brings me back to my childhood you know yes, brings exactly. me back to blockbuster with my dad on a friday night royal rumble you know thank you, know? you. i remember honestly i remember like when i started getting pay-per-views video cassettes from the blockbuster that that video cassette sticks out it's right there yep. you're like what the hell is this thing on his head like what's going on, <laughs> what's going on? exactly yeah. why am i cursing in the middle of the blockbuster but um <laughs> But uh, the match I'm actually going to go with is the the main event of that ma- of that night. It's the casket match. WWF Championship is online. You have Shawn Michaels uh, versus the Undertaker. A culmination of sorts to their feud, if you will. You know, a lot of feuds would end at Mania, but not this feud. For this for this segment of their multi year feud, uh, this was the final time they faced each other before. Shawn Michaels' retirement and then his eventual return, but at the time this was like closing a chapter on a book. You know, it you had all their great matches. You had the the first ever Hell in a Cell back at Bad Blood '97 uh, with that famous, which is still you know there have been so many Hell in a Cells, but like that first Hell in a Cell still sticks out to me and that bump that Michaels took. Yeah. Oh. Off that. Yeah. Cell, none of which, them ever. None of them ever live up to the first one. No. no it, the the slingshot. Really the slingshot. And I feel like yeah. the camera, you know, the camera positioning, and oh my gosh, yeah, just and the, was it the first of its kind? No, right? Yes. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Okay. Was okay. Okay. The debut of Kane, by the way. Yeah, there you go. The freshness, the storytelling, everything, just ah, uh, the storyline. It was great, great times. But uh, yeah, we had this casket match. Uh, a whopping 20 through 20 minutes 30 seconds uh closed wow. out the night beat the beat the Royal Rumble to to close out the night Shawn Michaels famously taking that bump off the casket, off the casket. Jackie oh, putting putting their weird. bodies on the line <clears throat> man yeah. just it jacked them up to where he could not I think he didn't really wrestle much until the mania where he had to drop no he didn't just, wrestle at all until the mania. he was yeah. done man he, he was, was hurt hurt he was like done, broke his yeah. back hurt right broke like, his back for the fans giving his body sacrificing his body to the fans um you had and it, but again it was like you know it felt like a culmination for their feud but again you had the stuff with kane brewing you know it led to their kane and undertaker's match uh at mania so you know, again all these interconnected threads of that storyline you know it's still you know, it's still a crazy, insane storyline. Oh, Undertaker burned his brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's like his half-brother, but it was a different mom. You know, and then you had, again, you had Paul Bear. Like, you know, people people have kind of, we've, we've lost, I think, over the years, due to the passing of 
Paul Bear, we've forgotten, but how much of an influence Paul Bear was on the Undertaker storyline, on the just on the career. You wouldn't have Undertaker without Paul Bear. You really wouldn't, you know. And, and because Undertaker didn't really talk back then, he kind of needed a mouthpiece, and so that's where you know Paul Bear came to play. Who, by the way, the guy who played Paul Bear, William Moody, was an actual licensed funeral director. Yeah, he was. Making, he was culling from his own real life. You know, the best stuff comes out of real life. But, you know, again, brutal casket match. You know, I remember getting that VHS, watching the Royal Mole and being more fri- – I remember just being freaked out by that casket match. It was it was wild. And, and again, you wouldn't see these guys touch each other, come back to each other until, like, what was it, 2006, you know, when they – whenever that Mania 25 match was. They might have had a couple – you know, like house show matches before. Right, but, but not yeah, like a big kind of, a big program. Not like a big program. Yeah. Kind of close the book on one program, but then again, seeds were planted with more food. You have the stuff with Kane going on. You had, you know, min- the beginnings of Ministry Undertaker too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. You know. The callback the call in uh, Mania in Miami with uh, yes. Shawn Michaels being the guest referee in the Hell in a Cell with Triple H and Undertaker. You know? so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that you was know. a good moment too. Yeah, that was incredible. Good callback. So, so many callbacks. Yeah, Stand great match. So many things about this match. Like the first thing I want to point out is that it was in San Jose, California. By the way, yeah, we're blue. to San Jose. Hell yeah. Um, my friend said my friend was there. I didn't go. My friend was there. He said that he pointed out. He he went, "Hey, Sean," and they were doing the DX cross chop. And yeah. there's a scene where you can see Shawn Michaels point at somebody and do it. And my friend, That's friend that was to him. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah that's pretty cool. I love moments. That's pretty cool. Uh, I wish I would have gone to that. Uh, I also think about Pratik when you 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 emphasize the fact that this was the last match, not the Royal Rumble, and you think about like why? Why is that? Is it because the match is so big? Like, do you remember how the show ended? They couldn't have the Undertaker locked in a casket, lighted on fire, and have this like this big thing where you're like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Is he dead? Is he dead? Oh my god! And then, all right, let's do the Royal Rumble now. You know, yeah, <laughs> you it, can't it, go from that to storyline. So they yeah. they really had to have the visual of of the casket burning close the show because that kind of closed the show on an eerie like an eerie like weird 100%, situation. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, Undertaker goes away for a while too. He doesn't come back until closer to the Rumble or something. Or closer to the Mania, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he came back closer to Mania, and then that's when he because before he wouldn't face Kane, and he came back and he's like, I would walk through hell, fire and brimstone to face Kane. Get a big fire and brimstone. See where he was walking towards the ring, and there's explosions next to him. Yeah. And it's wild. That's not even the end of the Undertaker Kane feud. Just for that program, like I think they do an Inferno match following their Mania match. So it's. So much fire, <laughs> a lot of a lot of set, a lot of setting people on fire during this era. A lot of a lot of a uh, lot of fire marshals on hand at WWE <laughs> WWF live events at the time. Yeah, this is when they learned how to light people on fire. Like, we're <laughs> just doing it all the time. Yeah, pyro, pyro, baby. And then and uh, now Sam is lighting some stuff on fire. <laughs> <laughs> lighting that bud on fire. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. My boat is locked in a casket. <laughs> <laughs> you got to end on that note. All right. See you guys. Just kidding. All right. Where are we at? Uh, Xavier, I think you're up. Xavier, yeah. Oh, I'm up. Man, I have two that I'm looking at. 
and I'm almost hoping one of you has the other one so we can discuss it, but I just don't know which trigger to pull. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should keep it old school or bring it back a little like newer. I mean, I feel like maybe your heart. Yeah. What calls out to you more? Oh, gosh. But we're on the trend of old. Fuck it. I'm going to keep it with the trend of old. Uh, I'm going to go with Mankind Rock. I quit. Someone has to talk about it. I know (laughs) it gets brought up in every list, but it doesn't matter. It's iconic. It's just and, and, you know, it's bringing me back. I was a kid. I was watching this happen. And it would it felt vile. It, it the, really the, you know the the uh, the closing scene right of the match when they're you know wrapping it up, insane the handcuffs, just crazy, crazy crazy crazy. You know putting their bodies on the line and let's talk about chemistry. Let's talk about dance partners. Um, you know Foley and Rock definitely bring out the best in each other. Uh, organic organic chemistry. Great friends, apparently. I don't know. Maybe who knows? I don't know. Um, but yeah, just bringing me back. Yeah, I think there was some. Uh, they they were definitely were friends up until that point. I think there was some heat afterwards. There was there was basically a discrepancy on the number of chair shots Rock could uh, could could throw at uh, Foley. Uh, he okay. definitely he went he laid into him a little bit more, but again. <laughs> The match, and just you want to talk about brutality in the attitude era. You want to talk about defining moments of the attitude era, like that. Yeah, that's, whew. and then you go back, and then I'm, I'm sure all of us have seen uh, Beyond the Mat again for our younger listeners or whoever maybe hasn't seen it. Go back and watch Beyond the Mat. The climax of the Beyond the Mat documentary is the lead up to this match. You see everything. You're seeing what mentally is going on in Mick Foley's mind. You know, he brought his family, famously. See, yeah, what it does to his kids. What it? Oh my! Is yeah the. Basically, for those who haven't seen it, go back and watch this. But his kids and yeah. wife are front row center uh, for the recovery. Oh, they, yeah. they have to leave. They start crying and they leave to go to, like, another part of the arena because it is brutal. Like, you're seeing the blood. The, like, that mask is probably stained black with the extra red of the crimson. The crimson mask is as he had, wow. He wore two masks that night, you know. That's right. It's wild. And then you see, like, Foley, you know, come back backstage. They're sewing him up. You literally see him get sewed up and wipe the blood off. It is. You want to talk about Carnage? And I uh, got the time here. 21 minutes, 47 seconds of Carnage. You know, That's a long time. That's a, yeah, long, that is a long time. Yeah. Long time of brutality. And, you know, this is me personal opinion. You know, the Rumble that year sucked with McMahon winning, like, total 100%. throwaway. It should have let, and it should have had this in the main event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you know so what though? That, I did enjoy it because McMahon left and all kinds of other stuff happened, and he came back. It was wild. It was fun. Yeah, you know, no, you know, no disrespect. I, it was a sure. It was a storyline, and yeah, I mean, it was I, a storyline rumble. I, yeah, it was a more of a storyline rumble. You're right. Yes, but I'm rumble, saying, but in hindsight, man, there was something to like. I remember like going back and rewatching that rumble, and I just been like, why are they leaving so much? Yeah, sure, it was great. We got to see them brawling. We got to see. Austin throw him into the concession stands, which is that's a classic uh, attitude era trope being thrown into a concession stand. Like, and the the concession stand worker is right there. So I always love that. Like, they're just trying to do their job, and then these guys just keep running to here hot dogs. Like, what you, oh, that's all my product. Oh, who's gonna pay for this? <laughs> hey, but I will admit though, like, um, as as uh, crazy and wild as the match was, the ending was very anticlimactic with the Rock just coming out and pulling Austin's wrist. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll corporate he'll rock getting uh getting his shots yeah. yeah that that's why that match the i quit match yeah just the ending stands of out was, that that, that is what i equate that rumble with you know 100 percent. yeah that was my and point also foley got if, if we for, don't forget he got screwed in that match he never actually said I quit. I quit. Yeah, That's that right. was a genius. That was a genius way to end the match. He record, They played a recorded "I quit, I quit, I quit" from his promo on Sunday. From the promo. Yeah, that was genius. He almost does like a, I. I remember that promo because it's almost like a green eggs and ham. I will not say I quit like this. I will not say I quit. Such a genius idea. I don't know who wrote the promo back then, but yeah. good on mankind for delivering such a. Genius from like I will not say I quit, and he gets screwed by his own promo. Ultimately, the recording, yeah. like again, such yeah. great storytelling. And I remember watch. I remember I had gone to a friend's house to watch that pay per view, and I remember the next day, I had a, I had a, I was in social studies class. We had a world history project. We were trying to finish that night, but we had to put on Raw, and that Raw opened with Mick Foley hijacking the money truck that had his bounty because rock pulled off. You want to talk about moments. I remember we're trying to finish this project. We're like, no, we got to watch. Like we'll put, we'll do the homework later. That was the one time I did the homework later, but I wanted to see Foley and Foley got his comeuppance. Cause he stole the money that rock was owed. And then you got, you got the, um, I believe that led into the halftime heat. Uh, the empty that arena. Was a, that that was, heat was so fun. Yeah. That was fun, man. Fun, fun, fun. I remember fun, being fun, a kid fun. watching that. Yeah. But I do hope his kids have gotten therapy for that. Like that's that's some trauma right there. Noel and uh, Dewey Foley. Shout out to them for sitting there and putting up with that. <laughs> and I believe Noel did some backstage stuff for a while and was trying to be arrested. And I believe Dewey was on creative for a while. Oh, I forgot about that. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's he true. Is. He wasn't on creative. He was like a. He was like a writer's assistant, so he like got the coffee and shit. <laughs> Man, yeah. Sam Medina Savage. <laughs> he was like a he was like a fast track, you know, to be a writer. But I don't think he. I don't know if you ever became one. I got to look that up because that's interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll Google that. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, so uh, the next match, I'm gonna just keep it old school. I went to '93. I'm gonna go back to '94. Uh, Bret Hart and Owen Hart teamed up and they were so happy to be a tag team. And I loved it. You know, the Hart brothers, their only tag team match ever had, I think. And they went up against the Quebecers, who I also love. Uh, They're managed by Johnny Polo, who was who went on to be Raven later on. And uh, for the WWF Championship. And uh, Bret Hart had a knee injury. And during the match, that was when Owen Hart kicked his leg out from his leg. Yeah, he like mm-hmm. you know, Owen Hart turned heel, and this led to a whole like a whole Bret Hart versus Owen Hart 1994. They had a SummerSlam cage match. They had oh they had a WrestleMania 10 match. They had a SummerSlam cage match, and those matches were amazing. And this yep. is kind of the match. Those were all in the same year, right? Yeah, yeah, 94. This was the match that kicked it off. I remember being a kid in my kitchen. Uh, watching wrestling while my mom was cooking breakfast or whatever, and Bret Hart did this promo. He's like, under any circumstances, I will never face my own brother in a match. And my mom was like, yeah, good for him. He'll, yeah, all right. She was like, so happy about that. And, uh, you know, then it took this match. Once Owen kicked his, his leg out from under him, then he was ready for the match against Owen. And they went on to have a match at WrestleMania. And then, yeah, SummerSlam, their cage match was incredible. But uh, this, this kicked it off, and I loved it. 
And I was so happy that they were a tag team. And then I was so distraught that they broke up like the way they did. But the things that happened from there on were incredible. King of the Ring 94, Owen wins. Oh, yeah. That was a 94. I think 94 was a, just a good year for just, you know, Owen. You know, people, you know, we, we obviously, you know, we miss Owen. Shout out to the Owen Hart family. You know, it's tragic what happened. And, and it's unfortunate that his career was cut short. But, you know, we still have to remember those moments. And he, he had a great year that year. Those those matches with Brett. We got to see Shades. If you watch the uh, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, uh, Owen Hart Memorial or tor- Memorial Tournament match that they had with each other. There was a lot of tributes to Brett, Brett and Owen matches in there. There was, yeah. In their match. Um, yeah, I remember those matches. I, obviously, I, you know, I got to see them after the fact. But, yeah, they're still classic matches. Um, I believe CM Punk, when he was on WWE backstage, he interviewed Brett Hart about the old school blue cage. And, yeah, Brett was like, oh, we hated those old school cages. But trying to be creative and, again, trying to take ticket chicken shit and turn chicken salad. Like, finding those creative ways to make the old blue cage structure work for your match. To me, it's a testament to what they could do. You know, the creativity that they did and the storyline, brother versus brother, you know, drama of that. I mean, to me, that was, and keep in mind the cage match at SummerSlam, that was, um, that was, that was at the United center in Chicago. That was the year of the undertaker versus undertaker storyline. That was the actual main of unfortunate. That was the, Storyline main event of the night at SummerSlam. That was fun though. They had Leslie Nielsen involved. It was it was a fun thing for the kids. And it was yeah. As a kid, and I was like twelve. It. I was like twelve or something. At the but time. then you grow up, and you know the real main event is <laughs> on Hart versus Bret Hart. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. But at the United Center, which was one of the first events for the United Center, was the wow. Yeah. Well, they moved. Wow. So before that was the Rosemont Horizon. Yeah, before that they were at the. A lot of events were mostly at the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, WWE has like more of a hold now with the that building, which is now called the Allstate Arena. Um, and to talk about venues, you know, Xavier. Oh, they're just about, they're just different buildings. Is that what's what's happening? They just re, re they remodel the building basically. Um, but it used to be the Rosemont Horizon, but United Center is a different uh stadium. Right. Arena. What you're talking about is a different building than what I brought up. Yeah, okay. but they're both synonymous with Chicago. They're they both are. Yeah. With wrestling. Um, um, but Xavier, you talk about, you know, buildings that have good, like, yeah, that, that all state arena, Rosemont horizon building. It's fantastic. It's some, some say it's, you know, a lot of wrestlers just, I don't want to say it's the best building for wrestling. I don't want to play that card. Now. We're not going to do that, but no, a lot of wrestlers do even Steve Austin. Like, has said, yeah. Um, the, 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 something about the wood ceiling. I don't the know. The wood ceiling. It absorbs yeah. sound to where you can hear there's no, and, and there's really no bad seat in that place. I always, I've seen, I've only been there a few times, but I really do want to go there again to watch one more event there because it is a fantastic building for wrestling. They have a really nice mural dedicated to the history of WWF. They have like Andre and all, and they put it like it's right oh, wow. in the center of the building. So they they really pay respect to to WWE there. And it's, it's again side of you know Bret Hart. If you want to talk about Bret Hart's career, that's where the famous. WrestleMania 13, um, you know, double turn happened. You know, Austin, Austin, uh, rest, Brett feels synonymous with that building. Um, man, between San Jose and Chicago, man, we got Red Orlando too. And Orlando, like, too. You can't. Yeah, Orlando's had some bangers. <laughs> yeah, there was a we're like the wrestling, we're like the wrestling. We represent the three cities. <laughs> That's why we have converged. A Voltron of wrestling cities. Holy shit! I didn't realize that. That's funny. I'm trying to remember. If it was in Orlando, the Royal Rumble, or if it was in Miami, I think it was in Miami. There was 
I think I think Miami sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Miami Royal Rumble 06. So, never mind. Hell yeah. That's cool. It's crazy though. Yeah, like you said Chicago and I was like, man, you keep to Chicago, I keep to San Jose. It's funny that all the good matches are coming out of those places. Yeah, we, we we there's there's a sentimental there's a sentimental moment with your hometown and you you but again like it's not just us like wrestling fans the re, the performers themselves yeah you know, pay respect to the buildings you know because there are it's 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 beyond it's it, it the buildings are great but it's also the people and the fans that come to those buildings that fill those arenas yep. and make them you know so that they can go out and deliver these performances they're literally like they're they're putting their bodies on the lines and they, they, yes there's injuries there but it's also you're performing for your fans. The adrenaline's there. You could literally like saw your. I think Randy Orton one time said like I could saw my leg off and I wouldn't feel it because I'm just so hyped by the crowd. They wow. it helps us run faster, jump higher, do what we need to do. So, you know, it's it's part. The fans are just as much a part of the experience. If the pandemic and the Thunderdome or all those arrows toss anything, fans are just as important. Oh, you know what I learned? I just learned this recently because I'm so listening to old podcasts. During the Thunderdome days, they were actually pumping crowd noise into the building. Yeah, for I the wrestlers it, to play off of. Yeah, to help them. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I guess it was. I guess Bailey it was Bailey. What Bailey was like? Can we get like crowd sounds here somehow? They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> can we hear a little bit more? Thanks. Yeah, I was listening to uh, an old interview with TJ Wilson or Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. Good tag team with Cesaro. Um. I'm going to go with the – we're going to go into the modern era. I was debating which one I want to do, but I'm going to go with the the uh, triple threat from 2015. You had, you know, Big Match John, Seth Rollins, and a young man by the name of Brock Lesnar. You know, just a convergence of forces. Um, you know, it's kind of a – it's kind of a interesting Royal Rumble. It's kind of like a Royal Rumble that kind of kicked off this modern era. Uh, a lot of people – a lot of people remember the end of that Royal Rumble where you had – uh, the Rock cameo to raise the hand of Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. even the Rock moment. changed the change the moment. And the re- you know what's funny about that is the re- like Rock like just watching Rock's like getting taken aback by the crowd. Like what? Why, why are you booing me? What? Yeah, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he went off on Twitter about it. But to me, you know, the the, the match of the night was definitely a triple threat. You had. You had Seth Rollins with the Money in the Bank briefcase. You don't know what he's going to do with that. Does does he cash it in after that match? If he loses and tries to have a double match, does he keep it? What does he do with it? And it's also the iconic, like, gold Money in the Bank briefcase that's all bent because he's been using it to, like, bash everybody in for, like, months now. Yeah, Seth was the best Money in the Bank of all time. And yeah. then he ultimately cashes that Money in the Bank in. It. It's the only I was there when he cashed it in, too. It's an but... iconic moment. I had fallen out of wrestling, and I kind of had come back at that point. So that I still that that paper, the Rumble pay per view leading into Mania thirty one. It's it's a it's a it's a big time for me. I'm, I'm getting wow. back into wrestling. I kind of fallen out. Sting had debuted at the Survivor Series like months before, which was huge, huge news. Again, covered in ESPN, covered on the. It was like on Sports Illustrated. Like it was like the main headline on SportsIllustrated.com. Sting debuted. It was great. So this. This Royal Rumble was, you know, I still remember it. That three-way, you had Cena, who had lost to Lesnar brutally, like, at SummerSlam the previous year. He tried to get his rematch in. So this was, like, the final showdown between Cena and Lesnar, these two titans of the, uh, you know, ruthless aggression era. 
And then you had Seth Rollins, who was going to become a main event player for WWE coming in, like as this like third man, they put on a hell of a match. Uh, I got the times here was a whopping 22 minutes, 42 seconds. One of the, wow. one of the longer matches on our list. And you know, it didn't drag at all. You had Cena, you had Lender, these two big guys, and you had uh, Seth Rollins coming, and you had you also had um, Jamie Noble and uh, Joey Mercury as his security back then too. These two, yeah, yeah, two guys who I believe Seth has said like they're they're instrumental in you know their early Shield work. You know, Seth Seth wouldn't be who he is without him. So you know, great storytelling in this era where you know you had fans coming back, you had fans being turned away, you had fans pissed off at Roman. And they were able to just, you know, block out all that noise and put on a great match. And I really encourage people to go back and watch it. Yeah, this match really, I feel like this is the match that really put Seth Rollins on the map. Exactly. Made Uh him, put him in the same light as a main event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That put him as a main eventer. This match was a thousand times better than I even expected going into it. I just remember being blown away by how incredible this match was. Yeah, this is definitely a good match. Yeah, I remember just the cohesiveness. You know, triple threats are tricky. They're either great or they it just doesn't click. Um, but, you know, these good dance partners, the spots, you know, you have Lesnar with, you know, the, the muscle. You have Rollins with the high-flying, you know, the table and just uh, killer chemistry. Good match, good time. And like you said, you know, you have those generations, you know, between Lesnar and Cena. And then you have Rollins, who's kind of like the new breed you know, kind of exactly. mid-card working your way all the way up. And, you know, Rollins was great at this time. I loved Rollins, you know, on this run. And it just, it, you know, planted seeds for so much more. So very good pick. That was my other one. So I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> Loving those Rollins Bleach Blonde highlights. They were great too. Yeah, yeah that was it. Patch he had, the little patch. That was cool. That was my favorite time. Me too. Of Rollins. And it's yeah. just—it's funny how everybody's like, "Oh, big match, John with the golden shovel." He's putting people over. He's making new stars at this time. He'd—he'd he'd been facing Rollins a lot during this era because I believe they have a table. They had a tables match uh, at the pay per view before that too. So again, John Cena's working with this guy, making him look like a million bucks. They had the champion United States double title versus title at SummerSlam later that year too. John Cena was doing a lot of work putting people over. You know, yeah. Well, in the previous episode, we talked about you know Monday Night Raw moments and stuff like that. In one single night on Monday Night Raw, John Cena made Kevin Owens a star. Exactly. That yep. happened during this time too. Yeah, yep. that was during this time. Frame. This was also the year of so you, so you had um, uh, I believe Rusev had the U.S. title at this point. John Cena puts him over at the next pay per view. Then he wins it from him, but then he puts him over in these. Russian they had a Russian chain match later this year so you had this program with Rusev then John gets the title and what does he do he issues open challenges so that you had Kevin Owens showing up you had Cesaro showing up you had AJ Styles showing up like Cena people can say what they want but the truth the proof is in the pudding Cena's making all these young stars making all these people who aren't household names bringing them up to the next level yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, getting to the top of the mountain. But once he was there, he brought as many people up as he could. He really did. Yep. Much respect. I think you're up, Xavier. I'm reading the list. You got, you, got, to... you got two? You got two? You're torn between or what? Is that what's happening here? I'm just kidding. You can do a I time. Got two. Yeah, this is the last one too, right? So I don't know. 
I gotta make it count. It's the last one for the, for everybody. Yeah. That means if it's not the one that I want, I'm gonna be so sad. Somebody's gonna want it, right? It's <laughs> tough. Uh, do we go old school? Do we go new school? Well, let's go back. Let's go back to 2002. The Street Fight. Ric Flair, Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 go there, guys. Let's take a deep dive. Hell yeah. A w- wild time for wrestling. Wild storyline. Uh, Ric Flair at a very wild point. You know, uh, I, I I really appreciate this version of Ric Flair. I do too. Um, yeah, it was you know, his first match back. Right. That was yeah. His yeah, he hadn't done anything up until that point, right? Yeah, he was just yeah. like on screen. Oh, he was just a. A co-owner, yeah, yeah. I love that return of his. That promo. This wasn't for the. This wasn't for control the company, was it? It was not. I don't think right. Because I think that was on a raw. I think that was on control the company was on a raw because I remember they had a match for control of the company and Lesnar came out and F five Ric Flair. Wow! Like was that on this match or was that on a different match? I'm looking it up just to make sure. Yeah, because I don't know if this was. Because this was this was super early in the Ric Flair run, so yeah. I don't know if this was for full control of the company. Because I know that at one point they did have a match like that. What year was this? Two thousand two. Oh yeah, see, Lesnar wasn't even debuted yet at this point, so no, definitely he wasn't. wasn't that. Definitely wasn't that. And Flair went on to fight with the Undertaker at Mania this coming year. This was before Mania. Oh X, yeah, uh, and that was a dream match for both of them. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was they did like a brand, brand split after this uh, fight, the street fight. Um, and uh, that's when like you had people getting drafted to different sides. I think it was right. something that like Undertaker was pissed that he got drafted to, to Flair's side or something. You know, I think that's what I launched their right, yeah. feud. Yeah, this I'm not seeing any of Maven, Maven, Maven's controversial Rumble appearance was this year too. Oh, yes. Yes, I don't. I don't see any implications uh, about the company, but you know, yeah, I do see that it was. I don't know if there's anything on the line. I think it was just to the point where the tempers were just flared, just a blood feud. Yeah. yeah, they were just so pissed at each other. There was a lot of blood. It was 14 minutes, 55 seconds of a lot of violence. You know. Do you remember how this match ended? I don't. Remember. I don't remember how. Uh, figure four leg lock. So yeah, right. a submission. Submission. Well, he actually did win a match with the figure four. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Oh, there was a lead pipe used also and a television monitor. <laughs> just everything but the kitchen sink. Oh, they should have called back and there should have been a bedpan under the ring and Flair could just hit him. Oh, up. yeah. What a moment. At some point, uh, a few years later, or a few months later, I don't know what it was, uh, they did have a match, though, for full control of the company. For full control. Flair right. versus Vince. And then Lesnar came out because Lesnar was still really new on the scene. Lesnar came out and F five Ric Flair and put Vince McMahon on top of him. And then at that point, like Brock Lesnar was like a made man, and you know whatever, whatever. So that must have happened after Mania eighteen. That, but yeah, that must have been after WrestleMania. Yeah. Good old uh, lean, like Brock Lesnar was so lean in it when he was when he first debuted the, when he was the next big thing he was so lean, yeah, freak athlete, just bam. Yeah, he definitely was on a whole new level. 
And we got to, you know, just going back to this match, we got to give it up to, you know, yes, Vince, whatever, heel McMahon, but he knew how to take those beatings. He he put himself, he put himself through some shit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did take some beatings for the, for the goodness of the show. Mm-hmm. Wearing the crimson mask on many a time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great showing good by times. the two of them. Yeah, good times. And this was, it was crazy because, you know, Vince wasn't like a wrestler and Ric Flair was. And right. so like the street fight aspect of it kind of like made it a, like a, like an even playing field because mm-hmm. anything goes. Yeah. You know, Rick, Vince McMahon had a surprisingly good street fight against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 19, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was at 19. Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. I was trying to mute it. I couldn't find it. But yeah, that, <laughs> I, was, I was shocked how, how good that street fight was. That man was kind of lost on people, but it's like, can any of you have you a merging of two eras in that mania? Because you had Austin's last, quote unquote, last match for that time period. You had Hogan on the night. You had Taker. You had all these guys. And then you also had, you know, the newer guys, Lesnar, Angle, like getting their main event moment too. So yeah. it's a really good, if you want a good, like, compilation of new and old, young, gen- different generations mixing up, the Mania 19, I think, is a good one. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. And that Great was in the stadium too. Yes. The Shawn Michaels versus Jericho. Good, good passing of the torch. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Good time. And wasn't that in the stadium too? Wasn't that like I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was like the first one in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Any honorable mm-hmm. mentions? Uh, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I got one, but if, if you go, guys... go for it. And then Take we'll, it. Go, we'll go after. Honorable mention. I was going to pick this one, but I'm going to leave it as an honorable mention. It actually takes place at the Alamo Dome, which is where this year's Royal Rumble will be. It's uh, John Cena versus AJ Styles uh, for the WWE Championship, uh, which. Uh, with this win, John Cena has tied Ric Flair's uh, um, uh, championship uh, record with 16 wins. Although there's a few NWA titles that WWE doesn't recognize, there's some. There might be some record books, record history, you know, controversy there. But it's a it's a really good match. You know, you you had you had Cena putting over AJ Styles in their feud quite a bit because I believe their first match was at Money Money in the Bank 2016. Then they had a SummerSlam match. Both of those Cena lost. Um, he also lost to a triple threat uh, with Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. Again, this is a great showing for AJ Styles. You know, again, this was a guy who Vince was just like, "Oh, I'm going to hire him. We'll see if he's in the main event." Within months, you can say that yes, people get brought in and Vince doesn't treat him right. But within months, AJ Styles was main eventing with Roman Reigns. He was looking good. Like he really. He really showed Vince, like, yeah, I might be a small guy, but I'm I'm here to really lead the charge and be a main event player for your company in this new era, in this modern era. And I think this was Cena, just you know, you know, you know, yes, he put him over, but then this was a win for Cena. But AJ Styles looked great in this match. It was a fantastic match. You had you had a lot of different undercard matches on this Royal Rumble. You had, you know, I, I believe you had, you know, to bring it back, you have. Owens and Roman Reigns fighting again, but this time it was Owens with uh, with Jericho uh, in in the Shark Cage. So you had like a reversal of that. Um, you also had Owens debuting the Stunner on this pay per view, but you know again this iconic moment of of Cena beating AJ Styles. It was a match that I believe. Uh, what is the time on that match? Let me pull that up. Let's 
Time on that was 24 minutes, 10 seconds. Wow. Wow. It's a long match. A lot of time. That was such a good match. That was it was a good match. And, and they made use it, it wasn't just, you know, a false finish spot fest. Like every false finish mattered. You didn't know who was gonna win. Part of pe- people were like, oh, AJ's gonna just carry the belt. He'll be fine. Nope. You didn't you didn't think he was gonna win. It 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 made you it made you stay on the edge of your seat until the very end. Um I believe there were a couple really good uh reversals. I think like Cena like reversed the styles clash into uh you know the attitude adjustment. There were really good counters in this match. You could say John Cena's five moves, whatever you want to say, but real really good match. It kept me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Good counters, yeah. good technique. You know, maybe not technical, but it was good technique. They knew what they were doing. And again, AJ Styles can work with anybody, can work with the broom. He knows what he's doing. I think at the same time as well as like this is around the time that John Cena was starting to to kind of wind down his career a little bit yeah, peel away go off into hollywood and yeah. so aj styles was definitely somebody to come out and make johnson look like a million dollars you know this match was incredible it was really it was just yeah like you said edgier seat anything could happen anybody could win at any time and i remember just watching it just being in awe the whole time how good it was this this match definitely deserves to get talked about yeah yeah good work rate and you know i think there's an element of almost like a fantasy booking you you know you want to see you know aj styles and john cena face to face in a ring and there you go you got it you're getting it and it was great and it delivered and you know i'm an aj styles guy for sure so it, it hits a, a good spot for me it was it was wish good i to could see, see it again spot. i wish I, I wish i wish they could do it again uh, live yeah I hey. be there for it i'm i'm really regretting not going to that 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 2017 rumble for a modern era rumble i wish i could have been there for that yeah, was AJ champion? Not... Was AJ the champion? Yes, AJ was a champion going. And see, the... it was a year after his debut, and he was already champion. You're already champion. And yep. This is and so you're right. I even think about the dream aspect of it, just because one was WWE and one was TNA for so long. Yep. You know? Wow. So this is this is a weird. So AJ Styles debuted 2016. He debuted in the Rumble. The Rumble that year was Roman defending his title in the Rumble in 2016. So AJ Styles debuted in a WWE championship match. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes. He had a, he had a WWE championship yeah. match in his debut. And for he five did. years, for, oh, yeah, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, okay, so excuse me, four years. Four years straight, He's his match in the Rumble was a WWE championship match. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I was, I was looking at somebody point out that fact, and then I looked it up again. And I double checked it. I thought it was like five years. It's four years, but that's still pretty cool. He was either champion or def- going for the championship for four years straight in a championship. That's awesome. 15, 17, 18, and 19. Wow, I got to look that up. That's pretty cool. And the, then 2018 was uh, he was champion in 2018, and he was defending in a two on one handicap against Owens and Zane. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and they were going to be if they won. If one of them won, they would be co-champions, and they would have each of their each side plate would be one of their things. Wow. Yeah. And then 2019 was with Daniel Bryan, which again I'm we're kicking myself for not trying to see that live. I got to go back and watch that Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for the title. I got to go back. Program. They had a great little program run there. They, I believe, they were at a SummerSlam, Survivor Series, then uh, TLC, and then the Rumble. I gotta watch that series. It's a great, great program. I don't think I appreciated it at the time. Like I think I just, you know, wasn't really watching it too much. I don't know. Yeah, same. 
I gotta go back. Yeah, and I really slept up. All right, I had a chance to go see that stuff live, and I didn't like. It would have been great to see Daniel Bryan, and he was remember he was the environmental heel Daniel Bryan. Where he, oh yeah, he oh that was so good. The title, yeah. got like an eco friendly title. He had loved it. Loved it. Leader. That led to Kofi Mania, which again is still for the modern era a great program, a great win. Yeah, that whole stretch was great. Yeah, the heel character with you know the eco belt and the this and the that. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And they were selling those. Yeah, I remember. Eric, the, yeah. Rowan, Eric was like his partner, Eric Rowan. Yep. Rowan. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good callback. Hell yeah. All right. Well, like, uh, we should probably wrap it up there because that was really fun. I really enjoyed the last AJ Styles John Cena match. Um, Royal Rumble's coming up. You guys are super excited. Uh, any thoughts on this year's Royal Rumble before we sign off? Um, you know, I'm excited for, we, we, again, we have, we have full circle with now Owens facing, uh, the tribal chief reigns. I think that's going to be a good match. Um, I'm excited for Alexa bliss, Bianca too, because there's a yeah. storyline there of is, is yeah. Bray Wyatt, uncle Howdy possessing her. I think you're going to see some Sami Zayn storyline. I think there's going to be culmination or maybe, maybe some acceleration in their particular storylines. Uh, it remains to be seen, but also I'm excited for the two rumble matches themselves because, you know, a lot of people last year, there was a lot of booking controversy last year. I think with Triple H kind of trying to cement his role as creative, I think he's really going to try to do some work this year. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Yes, Vince is in the building, but, you know, I think Triple H is going to try to do something for the fans. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. There might be some debuts. There might be some cameos. You know, who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited. I got some picks, but. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'll be watching live, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be two good rumbles. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that they announced Cody, but at the same time, they kind of had to at this point. They kind of had. Know. to. They kind of so had to. We'll it see what sense. happens. Somebody said there's an insider thing that somebody said uh, the reason why they leaked they, they announced the Cody thing was because they had enough surprises already. So we'll see. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. good guess. I could probably say, "I hey, I talked to Triple H." And he told me there would be at least three surprises and that I could be like a wrestling insider, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, he's going to wrestling yeah, in yeah. Texas too. You know, the Rhodes family is from Texas. This is in Texas. It's going to be it's going to be a wild time at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, at the Alamo Dome. It's going to be fun. Just like 96, I think. Mm-hmm. Like 97. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, you want to plug some social media before we get out of here, you guys? Uh, yeah, Prithi, at Prithi Comedy, that's P-R-A-T-E-K Comedy on Instagram. Uh, if you are in town for the Royal Rumble, I will be in San Antonio. Come hell or high water. Come hell or high water, damn it. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm coming to you, San Antonio, Alamo, Alamo Dome. I'll see you on January 28th. Uh, also, if you want to see me tell some jokes, which is basically me yelling into a microphone, uh, I will be a blind tiger. That's January 27th, the night before. So if you get in, get in town early, you want to get some laughs, come to blind tiger. There's an 8 PM show and there's a midnight show. It's going to be a good time. The rest of my tour dates, I'm going to be all over Texas for the next two weeks. So the rest of my tour dates are on my website, putthecomedy.com and also the link to this podcast, support chemistry podcast, support these guys. And we'll see you soon. Hell yeah, well said. Go support Pratik. Go see him while he's on the road. I think yeah. it's awesome Especially to have that. For like the Rumble, hell yeah. Yeah, 
there's nothing better than the one-two punch. Me personally, mm-hmm. comedy performing, I, live performance, yeah. and then some wrestling. Whether it's music, why not? You're already out there. You yeah. know, if I'm out of town, I'm gonna go try to see a show. I'm gonna go try to do this. I'm gonna go to try to do that. So you know, keep supporting mm-hmm. everybody out there. Uh, this is Xavier. You can find me on Instagram at Lord Xavier. You can find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. Smash the link tree. Listen to my music if you'd like. Listen to this podcast. My band Leveled has a show February 4th at O'Malley's in Margate, Florida. All the details are in there. You can pick up tickets. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Review. You can find me at Funky Sam Medina. Pretty much everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Happy Rumble season, everybody. Happy Rumble, guys. Be safe. Be safe.